Praise the Lord tonight. Welcome to Bible study this evening. We give God all the praise and all the glory. For another wonderful evening, we have again to share with ourselves the word of God and to meet again after Sunday's meeting. I welcome you all tonight in Jesus' name. Um, we were continuing in our Bible study where we left off of the book of Ephesians this evening, and I believe that you are prepared just like um, I am prepared to hear the word of the Lord and the voice of God. Um, I don't know what you've gone through today, but I want to encourage someone listening to me not to allow the world system suck up your joy in the Lord. You know, there are many things in the world today that can be so encumbered that sometimes you almost are tempted to forget the joy of God. The Bible says we should rejoice in the Lord always. But sometimes the, 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 the troubles that we face in the world is a reminder that we are pilgrims on this earth. It's just like fish outside water. Its natural habitat is in a body of water. And as long as it's not in that body of water, every other thing is, that is experiencing is out of place. And we all know that as God's children, that the systems of this world, they're engineered to cause, you know, worry. Just buying fuel alone is trouble. Just going to do something, just applying for something, just, you know, trouble. Why? Because of the world system. But I don't want you to be discouraged at all because everything we see in the world is orchestrated and engineered by the prince of the power of the air. And Jesus spoke to us in John 16. He said, let not your hearts be troubled, believe in God, or rather, that's um, um, John, John chapter number 14 from verse 1. And John 63, he said, in this world, you have trials and tribulations. This word I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. If there's no reason for him saying that, he would not have said it. So that in the midst of the struggle, you, you have peace. Because peace of mind will make us live long. As the truth of God's word. It says, it says, it says, it says, for in me you have peace. For in this world you have trials, tribulations, worries, concerns, things that will make you anxious. But praise God. But in the midst of the seeming disappointment, but your good cheer. That's what really separates you from the world. That's what really makes you, you see, it, the, the reaction you bring forth when the challenge of life comes to you is what that means, what you have on your inside. So the life of Christ so truly shows forth where you're able to react as a believer to whatever the world may throw your way. So I'll say, if the world gives you lemon, make lemonade. Well, I don't know what, it's just, it's just okay. So rejoice this evening. Even though you are tired in the physical, but rejoice in the spirit. You know, I was just reading today Hebrews. Let's turn there tonight as we start this Bible study. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10. And that's the reason the work of a pastor is more I don't know how to put it than 
than the job of a traveling evangelist or a traveling minister. You know, he might come and, and, and speak as though there's nothing, but you see, when he leaves, the pastor remains with these people. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 10, number 12. Hebrews 12. All right, 11. Verse 11, verse 9 and 10. For by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, for he looked for a city. You see, we are going to a city. That's our consolation. Amen. He looked for a city, which had the foundations, whose builder and maker is who. You see, that's our joy. You must, it must if it's not the, the word, Satan will finish, he will use smart issues. As we're driving, your time will just do post. Amen. And then anxiety, piles of anxiety. You're looking at your gauge. You know, we're coming on Sunday from church and we saw a lady and uh, maybe a daughter and maybe her children. And they were, they were, they were in a, I can't remember the car now, but it looks like a range. Um, a range, not, not new range, but range is range, but range is not range. <laughs> but that kind of range, you know. <laughs> And they and 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 they they are cast up in the middle of the road and they they looked solution. And I passed by them. I said, no, I parked. I asked Rebecca to ask them what the problem was, if it was something we can help. And if it's battery or maybe something we can wait and help them because it's within our estate. And then she said, no, that their foil has finished. I said, ah, and most times in car, sometimes I buy foil. I say, I wish it was the day that I have foil in my car, like giving them. But they were looking distrust. Most likely they were coming from church. That's how it will always be. So for every time you have a difficulty or you have a challenge, don't let it get to you. Let the joy of the Lord be your word, your strength. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not in meat and in drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy. So let your joy be restored. Let your peace be in God. Amen. Let, let, let. Let your consolation come from me. Say, rejoice in the Lord always again. I say, rejoice. Remember, the person that wrote this was again in prison. You see that? So we must know that, 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 that challenges is part of the world. And until we see Christ face to face, that's when it will end. In Acts 16, Bible says, we talked about Paul and Silas, our favorite, you know, quotations. You know, we quote 26, essentially, Bible says at midnight, but you see, before that time, they've been flogged. They've been beaten, not because they were bad people. They were beaten because they were obedient to the word of God. But see, their, 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 their stripes and their challenges did not stop them from singing and praising God and praying to God. They were not, no, they were not, they were not anti-God because of the word. You see, sometimes... You become anti-God because of world's challenges. No, for, for the believer, it changes that mindset. Amen. We become, in fact, the more the challenges, the more we are prone to praising God. Amen. Someone hear me this evening. We rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. Hallelujah. John 14, it says, it says, it says, let not your heart be troubled. That's the Lord speaking to you. Hallelujah. So we are looking forward to our heavenly home. And that's where our real, true consolation actually is. So let nothing that happened to you today or that happened to you or that will happen make any, make any change in your disposition to God. Learn to rejoice and praise God. Father, we thank you this evening for bringing us together to your table to feast at your word, to rejoice at, at your word. To, to see ourselves the way you see us, to behold your truth, Lord, this evening as a church. Thank you because we are strengthening all with might by your spirit in our inner man. Hallelujah, from faith to faith, even by the spirit of God. Lord, touch every heart, listen to me tonight, from every home, and at any moment in history where these words shall be heard, there'll be clear understanding which have been changed to the same image like you, Lord, from glory to glory by the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. This we ask tonight with faith in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say with me tonight, amen. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. 
I believe the Lord tonight has prepared for us a meal. And we're going to take the meal from the book of Ephesians chapter 2. I want to take off from verse 5 this evening. From verse 5. Paul saying to the church in Ephesus, he says, Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. Remember where we're coming from in this study? Um, in context, there are two people or two categories of people or persons in the church in Ephesus and by station, every church of God everywhere in the world. And Paul says, when we were dead, that means salvation came to us when we were what? We were dead, so we mustn't lose hope on anyone that this person cannot be saved, for he has died. You too, you, you were dead before you got saved. Amen. So there's no, there's no losing. That's the reason everyone is a potential candidate for the kingdom of God. Everyone, everyone you come across is a potential candidate for the kingdom of God. Amen. He said, he said, he said, he said, for, for by grace he has saved. Now notice the reason Paul used these words, for by grace he has saved, at this instant he was talking or referring to the Jews because they believe that they are saved not by grace alone, but by observing the ordinances Moses gave them. But they didn't know that that, that the ordinances that Moses gave them was a shadow of the things to come. Amen. Now, now the, the truth has come, then the shadow must be done away with. You see, whenever you see a shadow, you know that the real image is around the corner. So the laws of Moses, the ordinances given, was to bring them to obedience, was to bring them to a point so that they don't follow other nations until the promised Messiah appears. And no wonder Moses told them, he says, for a prophet like unto myself, the Lord will raise out of your midst. He said, he shall ye obey and hear. Hallelujah. So for everyone today on the earth, it is through Jesus that redemption is preached to all nations. Say by him, redemption and the, and the turning away of sin to God is preached unto all nations. The ordinances given by the law were a shadow of the things to come. Now the truth has been The truth had been here 2,000 years ago. Tell me about tonight, if you can, to Hebrews chapter 7. We'll read quickly verse 22, and we'll read Hebrews 8, 5 through 13. Hebrews 7, 22, and Hebrews 8, Hebrews 7, 22, and then Hebrews 8, 5 to 13. You see, Hebrews 7, 22 says, but by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. So Jesus, by so much, by so much, because this Testament was established by the blood of Jesus himself through the aid of the Holy Spirit. Remember also the book of Hebrews was written to, to, to Jews. Because in their minds, there was this, there was this contention that, 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 that can Christ be superior to Moses or to angels? And that's what the Bible of Hebrews was saying to them. That Christ is superior to angels, superior to Moses, and superior to every other priest on the earth. Amen tonight. So when we were dead in sins and trespass, we were quickened. That means everyone before we come to the knowledge of the truth is actually dead in sins. Hebrews 8, I read from verse 5. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. You see that? That's Moses. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, for see, said he, that thou makest all things according to the pattern should to thee in the mount. But now had he obtained a more excellent ministry, that is who Jesus, 
by how much more also he is the mediator of the better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been for the second. So there was a first covenant and there was a second covenant. Now the first one was fault, was what had fault. It was a shadow. That's why we, you, you can't be ashamed to preach Christ. For the second is the last. Just as Adam was the first man, Christ is the second and the last Adam. Moses brought the first covenant. Jesus Christ brought the second and the perfect covenant. Hallelujah tonight. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the day is come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with them. You see that word now? So there's a sheet of covenant. And that's what Paul is trying to say to the believers in Ephesus, who are Jews, the sheep has occurred. And for everyone now in Christ, folks, the sheep has occurred. Now we have access to God by the new and living way. By, 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 by the way of the blood, by, 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 by Christ's own sacrifice, we all now have access to God. Hallelujah. Verse, 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 verse 9. Not according to the covenant that I made with the fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they continued not in my covenant and I regarded them not, said the Lord. Verse 10, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, which days, the days of Christ. Hallelujah. So that means a covenant has been established after Christ came. The old, brother, the first one has been, has been, has been, has fought. Now the second one and the new one is the actual ordinance that God has established because the one that was brought was a shadow of the real thing, was a pattern. And Paul was telling the, the, the Jews that, hey, there's now no more salvation in any other name apart from the name of Jesus. And we now as believers must not be ashamed of that because now Paul said, Romans 1, 18, for I am not what ashamed, resisting rather, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. First the Jews and then the Jews and all everyone in the world. Amen tonight. That's why we are, we are, we are gospel proclaiming believers. We are kingdom proclaiming Christians. We are gospel proclaimers. Because this is our reality. This is our hope. This is what our anchor is laid on. Because we, 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 we have the assurance of the age to come. Hallelujah. Let me go on. And I will put my laws in their heart, that's verse 10b, and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be a people to me. Verse 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I will be merciful to their righteousness and their sins and iniquities are rubber no more. In that he said, a new covenant, he had made the fresh old, now that which Decayed and what's old is ready to vanish away. Amen. Tonight. So, so, so the the context of this is the is the is the is the superior argument of the Jews over the Gentiles. But Paul is saying them no. By by the account of God, things have so changed. Hallelujah. Verse six. And had raised us up together and made. You see the word he kept saying us, 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 us. Yeah, the us, the Jews. Praise God. Now come to verse, I mean, chapter one. Chapter one, let's, let, let me see something there. Praise God. Let's see verse seven and verse, and verse, and verse, and verse seven, 11, and 13. Let me show you again that, that Paul is talking to two people here. Verse seven says, in whom, see the word, we have redemption. At this point, he hasn't included Gentiles yet. He was telling them that the Jews had it. Amen. Praise God. Because Christ says, well, I've come to the Jews. But before Christ, he sits down. Go to the whole world and preach the gospel. In Acts 1 8, it says, But you shall receive what power when the Holy Ghost and do what my witnesses to, to all those who are in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Hallelujah. So it says, In whom we have redemption. Ephesians 1, verse 7. 11 says, In whom also we have obtained. And verse 13 says, In whom ye also, you see that word, hallelujah. In whom he also. So there's a we, there's a ye, but at, at, in Christ Jesus, 
both the, both the we and the he has become one. So go back down to, to, to verse 6. And had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Also, amen tonight. Hallelujah. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ. Hallelujah. That means in the ages to come, there will be consciousness. Hallelujah. So those that preach annihilation, those that preach extinction, those that preach that once you die, it's ended. No, they are mistaken. For us, death is not the end of all things. It's the beginning of the beginnings. Hallelujah. We are on this earth in the face of preparation for eternity. That's why it says, in my father's house are many species. Even so, I will have told you, for I'm going to prepare a place for you. So that where I am, there he may be also. Glory to God tonight. This is our hope, and that's why you must keep hope alive. You must keep rejoicing, because your life doesn't end here. Hebrews 7 says, For it's appointed unto men once to die, and after the judgment. That's why the believer are, 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 are the ones that should be, that, that should be you, know, you, know, you know, highly joyful in the world. You know, you know, we're the ones that have the, 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 the inside information of the plan of God for the purpose of God. And therefore, we don't allow anything in the world to confuse us about the plan and the purposes of God. Amen tonight. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding. So in the ages to come, he will show the exceeding greatness of his love and mercy to the church. And who will he show this to? Guess what? He will show to the principalities and the powers and the demonic beings and all those who did not believe in him. He will show them the manifold grace. In the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ. That means it is through Christ that his grace and his mercy have been revealed to man. It means no one can truly know God outside the revelation that Christ has brought. Paul is saying that. So Paul is saying Christ is the one that is that, that brings the reconciliation. Christ is the one that brings the atonement. Christ is the center of, of, of the will of God. And therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. Anyone be in Christ, his hope is anchored. If any man be in Christ, then he should rest in joy and know that all the plan and the purpose of God for him are ye and amen. Hallelujah. Verse 8. For by grace, you see again, he kept saying that word, for by grace. For, for you see, in the old time, salvation is by works. So he's telling them, listen, now that you are in Christ, don't hold on to the fish hell. Amen. Hold on now to Christ. For Christ's redemption came by grace. He became the promise. He has paid all the price. No wonder you will find in Hebrews 2. Talk me tonight, everybody. Hebrews chapter 2. You know, still addressing this same, this same, this same Jewish people. Hebrews 2, verse 1. He said, Therefore, we ought, you see the word now, we ought to give a more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Who are the we there? The Jewish believers, because they must hold on to Christ, because because he's he's hammering on the difference between Christ and the angels, Christ and Moses, that the real redemptive power of God came truly in Christ Jesus. They were still struggling, and and you see, when man thinks he has knowledge of God outside God's word, he becomes proud. Amen. He becomes purpose. You mean he locks because pride will lock a man out. Of the things they can receive, for no one can receive anything from God with a heart that is full of pride. It takes a humble and a contrite spirit to receive from God. Hallelujah. Verse 2 of Hebrews 2. Say, for if we if, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression of disobedience received a just recompense of the word, how shall we escape? Get our word now. Yeah, what say, how shall we escape if we want neglect so great salvation that came through, through Christ alone, not by Moses, praise God, not by Moses, and which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that had it. God bearing them witness, 
both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and the gift of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. What is Paul saying here to the Jews is by grace. And guess what? None of us holds the grace of God. We are just constraints of that grace. Therefore, let none of us think that that, that grace is, is, is too precious for someone who has gone so far in sin. Oh, this one is, is gone so bad. This grace can save. No, no, no. No, we're not to judge anyone that grace can save. Grace saves the dead. And no one on this earth that is as bad. In fact, the highest point of of, of, of a self man is a state of death, and there's no one, no matter how dead the person is, that grace cannot avail for. For by grace are you saved through faith. Guess that was saved it, and that not of yourselves, because in the old law, salvation is a function of the works that they do. You know, incidentally, in our world today, almost all other religions are work based. Go and do your study, they are all work based. In fact, I was watching an interview and, and we interviewed someone who is of other religion and, and they asked him that, that how are you sure you go to heaven? Really, they are taught that nobody knows. You can't be guaranteed on earth that you, you, you go to heaven until you meet God and, and, and God tells you, oh, that your good deeds actually has outweighed your bad deeds. And that's the time you will know if you are saved or not. What a bad time to know if you are saved or not. Praise God. For God, through Christ Jesus, Wants us to be assured of redemption. That's that's why. That's the reason you must be. You must be. You must stand on the truth of the gospel and be ready to 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 tell everyone that asks you what the reason of the hope. What hope do you have? The hope that when you leave this world, immediately in Christ Jesus, you meet the Father. Amen. There's no ambiguity. There's no suspense. Glory to God. That's the hope we have. And this hope is not in them. For they don't have hope, but we have hope. Glory to God. So you say, I have hope in Christ Jesus. Not about praying. It says, it says, it says, it says that the I don't know like that you may know the hope of the call. This is the hope. The hope is this that when we meet him by the blood, we shall be accepted of him. First John 3 from verse 1. The Bible says, Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Here says now, now, someone say now, someone say now, now are we the sons of God, praise God. So we have a definite knowledge now. It is not, it, 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 it's not a probability. That's, that's the hope we have. Therefore, we can, we can boldly declare this hope. Now are we the sons of God, but we do not know yet what it shall be. But when it shall appear and when it shall see, we know we shall be like him. Amen tonight. And to be like you are being like him when you see him, glory to God. Now are we. This is the hope we have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So Paul is telling them, drop, drop that, 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 that mindset. Drop it. And, and that we also, now in church, will know that everyone is saved by grace through faith alone. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the word, the gift of God. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. It's not a gift of man. So you can't give man redemption. Hallelujah. But you can, you can present the message of, of redemption to man, but God is the one that gives the gift of redemption himself. Now, you start seeing the reason Paul said this because in context, you now know who he was, what he was to address, and he orientated, and by extension, let us know what the true mind of God is. And so you know this is the position of the church, and you might be able to present this message with all boldness because it's the will and the mind of God. Verse 9 says, not of, you see the word now? Now it makes sense. Not of works, because they fall is based on works, not of works, lest any man should boast. That means there's boasting. Some people are actually boasting, and we have, we, it's, it's for us alone, and of no, no, no. Boasting has gone because boasting can only come when, when you do something to answer. Now it's, of, of, it's a free gift. You don't boast on free gift. 
Jeremiah says, let, 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 let no man boast of the Lord. If any man should boast, let him boast in the fact that he has known God. He has God's knowledge. Praise God. Tonight. You know, let me show you something interesting that Paul said in the book of Galatians. Let's turn there tonight. Galatians chapter 4. 4 and verse 9. Because the, the, the church at this time is in the early stages of development. So people don't really know. You know, today in our world, we have some churches of people who are proud of themselves. But the ones that only know God, but the ones that have power. You know, you know some people feel that they, that are the ones that, that, that are the custodians of the grace of God. You know, no, no. Let no one boast about anything about God. God gives to everyone his grace as they stay on his word. Amen tonight. Galatians 4, I read verse 8 and 9. How be it then, when ye knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are not gods. But now, but now, after that ye have known God, or rather, are known of God. That means actually when we get born again, it's not that we are the ones that knows it. He is the one that is, is knowing us now. Therefore, there's no basis for one for boasting, for boasting. Amen. Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Hallelujah. We are. Every believer is worked by God. Amen. Now, what does that mean? It means for everyone who is truly born again and is following God, God works on him. God will create all oh, hallelujah. Amen. You see, after the first creation, there's a word, a second creation. Like Adam was the first one, Christ is the word, the second and the last one. Everyone that is born on this earth through Adam died. God has to rebirth. God has to bring us and make us a new for us to come again. That's why no one can see God until he's born again. And that's what Christ is telling us. So God walked on you. God molded. God recreated your spirit according to his. God, God, God walked on you. That's why you can rejoice because you are, you are, you are, you are a product of, 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 the, of the manufacturing prowess and, the, and God's, God's beauty. Glory to God. For you are fearfully and wonderfully made of who? Of God. So every time you see yourself, see yourself as a product. Of, of, of God's manufacturing. Amen. Hallelujah tonight. Woo! Glory to God. Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see God's kingdom, except you are born of the water and what of the spirit. What is the water? Is the word. Amen. What is the spirit? The spirit of God. Ephesians 5 26. He said, And he shall sanctify and cleanse the job. By what the washing of the water by the word. Now, some say that there that, that water is baptism. Well, it's not out of place, praise God. But you see, in first that we read that we are born again not by the seed. The seed that's what that's very good. It says what in what that seed? He says that seed is what the word of God that lived and what abide. So so that 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 water. Is the, the seed is the word of God and it's God's word. It's by it we get born again. It's by it we get recreated by God. So we are his workmanship. We are his handiwork. We are his masterpiece. So I say I am God's workmanship. Say I am God's masterpiece. Say God actually made me with his own hands. Say God actually turned me around. From the old life to the new life. Say God by his own hand. Pulled me out of the kingdom of darkness. And has moved me now to the kingdom of his dear son in law. Praise be God. I'm a child of God. Hallelujah tonight. Also, amen. He said, for we are his workmanship. He's telling them. So don't look at you. We are all those workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. For what end? For good works. So the reason we are created is for good works. 
the good wow, good works. That means right now you have the capacity to do good works in God. So the good works that you are doing is not pre-redemption, it's now post. So it's not to do good works to end salvation, it's good works as a result of salvation. So our good works now is not to end God's favor. It's not to please God in that sense before redemption. Our good work now is as a result of the new life we have. This is how we show God that we are now grateful. So we are created, you know, in Christ Jesus to now do good works. It is not good works that brings us into the creation. It's the creation that enables us to do good works. That means every good work that a man does outside Christ is wasted. I repeat. Every philanthropist on this earth that does good works outside Christ, he has just wasted his time. I will show you to them my pattern. You know, sometimes people say, oh, this man has died. He was a nice person. No nice person enters heaven. I repeat, no nice person enters heaven. No good man enters heaven. For all man's righteousness are like what? That's the reason. You must aspire to preach to that seemingly nice person. Let Christ be revealed in you. Let the gospel comfort from you. Let, let that, that nice friend of yours, that supposed good, you know, morally upright person of yours, you know, that you know, times you are even afraid to preach to some people. Be, because of how nice they are. No nice person enters heaven by niceness. Acts 10. Acts 10. We, we, we know this story because I've said it to us times and times again. Acts 10 from verse 1. Why is this important? So that we don't exclude anyone on the basis of what's. You know, I was watching, I uh, listening to, to a short clip. And interestingly, I was seeing the horrendous activities of Oxfam, of UN, of, of Boy Scout, you know, in the world. You know, you know, when you see Boy Scout, Rotary Club, all these clubs, you see them building roads, you know, you know, you know, um, 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 giving children um, bags, all right, helping people, you know, you think, you think. By the time you go to the depth of what they're doing, it's so, it's so putridious, it's so devilish, their intention is deeply rooted in evil. But how sad you think it's a just cause. But when God begins to open your eyes to see what they do in secret, you'll be, as, you'll be so appalled because God is the one that only knows the secret of the, of the hearts of men. Therefore, do not withhold the message of, of Christ from people because of, of, of the good things you think they do on earth. For goodness and niceness is not the yastic for eternal redemption. It's the gospel message of Christ. For we are his workmanship. Verse 9 says, not by what? Turn there again to Ephesians 2, verse 9, 8, 9, and 10. See what it says. For by grace are ye so say by grace we are saved. It didn't say by works or by niceness or by being calm or by being morally upright. No one is saved by anything that man can do. By grace are you saved through what? Through faith. So for man to have been saved, grace must have come to play and faith in Christ must have come to play. Amen. And that not of yourselves, it is what the gift of God. Verse 9. Not of works, not of works, not of works, not of gifts, not of anything morally. I God, hear that. Lest any man should boast that I bought my salvation. You know, today in the, in the earth, people buy citizenship. They buy, you, you can buy anything in this world. You can buy, once you have the phones, there's nothing you can buy that, that, is, that is sellable. And so, because redemption is a gift of God, God gave it to us by, by the Son. No one can pay for it. 
It came on a price of the blood of the Son of God. And therefore, no man can equate that price and pay for it. No boasting there. Pastor now says, for we are his workmanship, made in Christ Jesus unto now. See now. So when we are saved now is when we do good works. Acts 10. Acts 10 from verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. Is a centurion, is a military officer, and under him he had over 100 soldiers under him, commanding them. Verse 2, so what it says, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house. Now see the word, which which gave, which gave much arms. Not only in the war. People do salaka, they give money to the poor, paraventure by, by, by much arms giving. You know, by, by 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 supporting you know young young developers by 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 giving money to young Africans. Those things are good, but they are good to the extent that they end in this world. Let's not, on the account of those things that men are doing, now refuse to present to them the gospel of Christ. For all those things end here on the earth. When man dies, he goes with nothing. He faces his creator. And if you know this, then you must be motivated by mercy and grace to preach the gospel. He gave much arms to the people and prayed to God always. Now, all these things did not mean anything in eternity. Hear what God says from verse from verse 3, and he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God, an angel of God coming to him and saying to him, see what he said. And when he looked on him, he said, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thy arms have come up for a to God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose son is Peter. See what he says. He lodged with one Simon the Tanam, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou ought to do. So all business you are doing, trying to reach them, you are putting the cards before the host. There are things or the things you ought to do before these things will have eternal consequence. And you read down. Let's read down. Jump down to verse... To verse, let me see where, from verse 33. Okay, 32. This is Peter recounting what the angel told him, because the same thing the angel told Cornelius, the angel told Peter, and Peter was saying this in verse 32. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose son name is Peter, he lodged in the house of Simon by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Verse 33. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear, to hear, to hear, to hear all things that are commanded thee of God? Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he, had, he that feared him and walked in righteousness is accepted of him. The word which came, which God sent unto, if you read on and on and on and on, he began to preach to Cornelius the true message of the cross. And in verse 44, the Bible says, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost came on them and they were filled and they were circumcised and they were baptized and they were filled with the word of God. Amen tonight. As a result of this activity here, Every other good work that he does becomes accountable to God for eternity. Because salvation is not earned by works, but salvation will produce good works in Christ. So say amen tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 11. It says, Wherefore, remember that ye being in times past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time ye were without Christ. Amen. That means there are times in life when men will be without Christ. But their being without Christ at the time in their lives will not mean that that's how they are supposed to work to die. Hallelujah. 
God will be will be will be will be will be will be, will be touching their hearts and sometimes sending people to them at one point in time in their life or the other. Therefore, let none of us be weary, amen, in well-doing. Don't be weary in preaching. Don't be weary in living the life because eventually God might reach out to the person who, who is there over and over again in love if we will not faint in preaching and living the life of God. So say amen tonight. You see, in the book of John chapter 4, let's turn that to everybody, John 4. I'll come back here again this evening. John 4. John 4 is a story that we all know, the story of Jesus and the woman at the well in Samaria. But John 4, if you read verse 35 and 36, or downwards, okay, let's read from verse 31. Amen. Put in mind Ephesians 2, when it says, and at the point, you were not, and, 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 and were Gentiles in the flesh, but now you are no more. Why are they no more Gentiles? Because the gospel and word have come to them. Have they come to them by the preaching of the apostle Paul and Apollos? Someone had to bring to them the message. So tonight, what are we learning? Someone, had, someone brought to you the message. You also ought to take this message to someone else. So much more as we see the day approach. John 4, 31. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Is there, is there a secret hunger meat? You know, you know, really, really, are you, are you, are you passionate about the gospel? If truly the spirit of Christ dwells in you, one thing we know that the spirit of Christ is so passionate about is what? The saving of the souls of men. That attribute of him must reflect in you. Amen. You know, if you look at your parents and yourself, you will see a trait. Somehow, because it will pass through the gene. If you see your, your, your great-grandparents to your parents down, 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 there's something that is dropping from your family tree to you. If indeed we, are, we have the spirit of Christ, something about the gospel must be burning in you. It's our spiritual responsibility. And they asked him, have, has he eaten anything? Verse 3. Therefore, said he to the disciples one to another, Had any man got him something to eat? 34. He replied to them and says, My meat is to do the will, the will of him that sent me and to finish it. Say not ye, there are four months, and then come at harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already for harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto a life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And hearing is a saying, true, one soweth, another reapeth. I send you to reap that whereon ye have stored no labor. Other men labored and ye are entered into their what? Their labors. What, what is he saying? He said, he said, as we as we all make progress in this same one direction, there are many people that we might hear the gospel more than once. You might sow the seed. Someone else might come to reap it. But both you that sows and you that reap will rejoice. That means you will not know how many souls if you pass until until you get to heaven. That's when the record will show it. There are people today that are watching you that, 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 that you, you don't even know your life is impacting them. That it is true your life that they are getting nearer and nearer to Christ, but they will never tell you. It's only in heaven that that truth will not be revealed to you. Therefore, never at any point in your life let the flesh rule you. Always live by the Spirit, for someone close is watching you. He said, for you are the pieces of Christ, written in our hands, 
not with the hands of the ink of the physical, but the spiritual writings of God. You are the epistles of Christ. Your life is an epistle. Jesus is, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, spirit is a spirit that communicates Christ, that desires to save men. Ephesians 2, verse 12, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from, from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in this world. I will speak at this evening. You see, anyone, and this is where compassion must rise up in you. It will take you to shout, to beg, to compel. You must do this, folks. It says, anyone that has no God on this earth is hopeless. Wow. Do you, are you concerned that people are hopeless? And yet they don't know it. And you know, if you know they're hopeless, then don't keep quiet. Don't be afraid how they will respond. It, it, it matters to nothing. Don't be afraid of the response. You live the life. You speak the word. I read again verse 12. That at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise. Listen, having what? No hope and without God in this world. That means the time is where people don't have God, they are hopeless, they are out of covenant, and, and their end is disaster. Remember I told us the three kinds of death? Physical death is separation of the soul from the body. Spiritual death, the separation of the spirit of man from God, and eternal death, the eternal separation of man from God as a result of the refusal to receive Christ. Spiritual death is a consequence of sin. Are you are you are you concerned? Because Jesus is concerned about it. So I have meat to eat that you don't know. Imagine the disciples didn't know this for a long time, but now they're knowing. That, 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 that's why at this time of your, of your Christian growth, you mustn't allow your flesh to, to make people speak evil about Christ. If you cannot preach him, let your life preach him. But as your life is preaching him, learn to preach also with your word, with your mouth. Don't let anybody say to you, and he says a Christian, Rise up above the flesh and stand. There's a meat to, to eat that all men doesn't know. But we have to. Anyone that doesn't have Christ is hopeless. He might have G-Wagon, hopeless. Wow. Are you bothered? He might have everything that you are dreaming to have, yet he's hopeless. Therefore, let the hope of God dwell in you. As I close this evening, tell me about everybody to Ezekiel 33. I'll read verses 1 to 13. Ezekiel 33. So that I, I want to tell the Lord that, you know, we're going to stop in verse 12. Ezekiel 33 from verse 1. So it's not about enjoying. It's about living responsibly in the spirit. Living as a responsible Christian, this is what God expects of us to do and expects of us to live by. I read Ezekiel 3. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speaking to you, speak to the children of Israel, thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coats and set them for their watchmen, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, 
if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon whose head? His own head. Wow. Verse 5. For he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. His blood shall be upon his head. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Verse 6. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will be required at the watchman's end. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman upon the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Verse 9. Nevertheless, if thou shalt warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Therefore, O daughter of man, speak unto the house of Israel, thus he speaks, saying, if our transgressions and our sins be upon us, and we, and we pine away in them, how should we then live? Say unto them, as I live, said the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why should, why will ye die, O house of Israel? Therefore, that of man, say unto the children of Israel, people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turned from wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that, that he shall surely live, for if, he, for if he trusts to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall be remembered, shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity, it shall be that that had committed, he shall die for it. Let me hold on here. Wow. Read this again tonight. And let it sing to your heart. If God gives you a word for someone and you keep quiet, and the person dies, his blood shall be required from you. Said in, in, in John 4, I have meat. Ephesians 2, anyone without Christ in this world is hopeless. Are you mindful? Are you concerned? And if you're concerned, what will you do? One, your life must reflect Christ. Your word must preach Christ. God requires you to reflect him in your life. God requires you to preach him with your mouth. And these things are grievous. Ours is to speak the word. God confirms it. So don't be afraid. Be bold to do the biddings of God. And God will bless us richly and abundantly in Jesus' name. Let us pray. But I will thank you again tonight. We give praise for your word that has come forth to us. Lord, we have heard what well, is not only the hearers that are blessed, but the doers. Lord, tonight we have heard and we have gained knowledge of what your will is for us in Christ. But beyond, Lord, the knowledge, Lord, help us press into understanding and press into wisdom. That we apply these words we've heard. Cause us to be grounded in your word that our lives may reflect the grace and the life of Christ upon the earth. Lord, launch us forth. Help us bring in the harvest. That your name may be glorified upon the earth. As a church, Lord, strengthen us. Lord, as individuals, give us grace. Let fear of man be removed. May we not be afraid to preach to people of high degree or low degree. Lord, may we not be ashamed to preach to people of high degree 
of feel of feel condescending to people of low degree. Lord, whosoever you bring our way, Lord, give us boldness to declare your truth before their very face. The Lord, by the gospel, Lord, you might save them and show forth your kindness and, your, and, and, and reveal your gift to them that they also become part of the family of God. That hope might be restored in them, Lord, that they may know you in this world so that in the world to come, you'll have rejoicing in you forever. Thank you, God. We praise you, Lord. And we will all do the work of an evangelist, fulfilling your counsel in all areas of grace. Thank you, God, tonight for bringing your friends In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Wow. What a blessed evening today again. Amen. I want you to pray, all of you, and just pray that God will study you to obey the word and speak the word. Sometimes it's not easy. But as you start to learn to speak God's word, it becomes easy. You leave the word of God. You pattern yourself. Don't compromise your faith. Don't, 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 don't hide who you are. Let that light shine. For we are cities set upon what they heal that cannot be healed. We are the light. We are the sword. Live by the power of the spirit and let it through the word of Christ shine forth through you to the whole world. God bless you this evening. We'll see you again on Thursday. By the grace of God, uh, prepare again for this meeting. And, and between now and that Thursday, do something about what you've heard. For God's grace is with you mightily. In Jesus' name, amen. Good night, folks. God bless you all. And stay strong. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>